Hello and welcome to another episode of the Drum Up Scottish Cycling Podcast. I'm Owen Philipson and the Drum Up is all about uncovering untold stories from the world of Scottish cycling, past, present and future, and also connecting you to Scottish cycling culture. In this uh, short show, I interview Kevin Johnson of the Clydesdale Colts Cycling Club, who is also involved in the Scottish Trials Club. Uh, I met him in Motherwell, where the Tour Series uh, crit race was being held last month in May. And he was running a trial session for kids. Uh, It was both a demo from some of the Clydesdale Colts young riders and a a try, try it out for any kids that were coming along on the day. Uh, We talked about how young riders can use trials bikes to get uh, their skills up quickly and how those can be easily transferred over to the mountain bike. In Motherwell they were looking to raise awareness of what he calls the best kept secret in cycling. Uh, In other words how these bikes can be used and uh, even with a simple grass area uh, with a few cones. Um, any Scottish Cycling Go Ride Club can get involved and Kevin is keen to share the knowledge. So check them out at www.clydesdalecolts.com. And after that, uh, keep listening for a few thoughts about big event sponsorship uh, based on a few chats that I had with some major sponsors and business people who were involved um, in events uh, in the VIP area at the Motherwell Tour Series. Uh, a few thoughts on how far the sponsorship money can go and things like that. So I'm here at the Motherwell uh, Tour Series round and I'm with uh, David Johnston of uh, Clydesdale Colts Youth Cycling Club and Kevin Duke from the Scottish Bike Trail Club. And uh, David, you're also involved in the Scottish Bike Trail Club. Yes, absolutely. And uh, as we were just uh, chatting about just now, is these these kids uh, just show off their skills on the course. Um, you use trials quite a lot in your youth uh, training sessions, is that right? Do Clydesdale Colts have uh, incorporated the trial bikes, given their geometry, they're very, very good for the kids to get on and focus on core bike handling skills at low speed. So track stands, front wheel lifts, rear wheel lifts, getting through to bunny hops, uh, progressing then to being up at height, going on to single skinnies, etc., that they can then take those skills and immediately transfer them onto their mountain bike Excellent. and take them out in the trails. So I'll just describe for listeners what we're looking at right now, which is got a series of sort of wooden uh, platforms. platforms, that's a good word, <laughs> and um, there's two young riders who are just uh, slowly working their way around a tight sort of square um, and hopping up and down on it. And uh, do you, um, is that, you know, this is set up in a car park where we are here, but do you set those up on off-road as well in parts or is it mostly? We, we do, we have. Yeah. We've been fortunate in that we've been able to get some areas for the Clydesdale Colts where we've got dedicated uh, rock gardens or uh, pallets built up into steps that as the kids progress we can continue to challenge them. But the reality is grass, cones, gets you off off and running and what you're trying to get to is a point where the child can stay static on the bike, not going forward or back, but without putting a foot down. Keeping their balance, yeah. Basically a track stand. or or possibly a hoppy hoppy, so front wheel lift, back wheel lift, front wheel lift, back wheel lift. Once they've got that, then they can start to think about actually riding up onto a pallet, which would be the same as riding over a log in a trail or riding up a step in a trail. Yeah, so you were saying the the skills transfer well to mountain bike, and uh, it sounds like a lot of those skills are quite similar to what um, 
youth section in my club, Sterling Bike Club, and the Wallace Warriors yeah. will actually do in, in a park. Uh, they maybe just don't have the same sort of platforms and equipment, but it's essentially similar same, set of core skills. It's the exact same techniques that they then join up to form a skill. The difference is on these geometry-specific bikes, they can acquire that skill quicker. I'm not for one minute saying it's easy because I've tried it and yeah. it's not. However, it is less difficult to, to acquire the skill on a trial bike where it's designed to do the techniques that you're yeah. trying to apply. Once you've got individual techniques, you can join them up. When you've joined them up, you've got the skill, so you get to the point where you're bunny hopping. And it means that we've got six, seven-year-olds here today that are track standing, ratcheting round a slalom course at, at virtually no speed at all. And they're very quickly taking that onto their mountain bike. So by the time they get into the under eights, the under tens, cyclocross or mountain biking, they've got the ability to change their line halfway through a race or halfway through a descent, or they can stop on an ascent and not have to put their foot down. They can hop sideways to avoid somebody that stopped in front of them. Uh, it's just really, really good bike handling. Uh, it is a discipline in its own right, so yeah. you, you can uh, persevere at it and you'll see some phenomenal sights with guys dropping off and doing all sorts of uh, ridiculous things on a bike. Uh, however, from a Colts, from a youth perspective, yeah. it's just as important to give the kids confidence on their bike that they then take that into their other areas and, to be fair, just, just go forward. I mean, they, they, they go forward rapidly. So um, today you're looking to probably to engage members of the public in what we've we're got doing? A, we've got a come try session, um, so if they've got a helmet with them, uh, they've got a parent with them to make sure that they're signed and they're okay to be photo photographed etc, then they can have a go, we'll have some cones out, uh, the bikes are obviously not subtly different, they're, you know, there, there yeah. is no seat so you have to stay standing up all the time, uh, but yeah we hope to have some people have a shot at it. Uh, more importantly, we just we want to raise awareness of how good these bikes are for the kids that yeah. are into cycling. I mean, it's not for the faint-hearted. Yeah, they well, are they are hard work, but brilliant, brilliant fun. Just wondering about for other Scottish cycling clubs and those type of uh, more cycling enthusiasts, if you like, yeah. I think is probably my more my listeners. Um, if they were looking to have a go of or set up one of these type of sessions, is that the sort of thing that Clyde's Clydesdale, Clydesdale Colts, Colts um, do? What we've agreed with uh, Scottish Cycling, well particularly Scottish Cycling West and South West, but we will uh, try and accommodate any Scottish Cycling Go Ride Club that want to explore. We're, we're keen to share the knowledge, I mean we've built this up over about two years now. Uh, Scottish Cycling are quite often at the forefront, Scottish Sports quite often at the forefront of development. This is something that you know Denmark, other European countries have engaged with some time ago. We're behind the game line. We need to try and make people more aware of what is probably the best kept secret in cycling, that these bikes are here. They're fantastic tools for getting the kids to be confident on their bike if they are into cycling. You know, they're, they're, you know this is not a learn to bike. bike. This is a, I want to develop my skills. Yeah. I want to improve across all disciplines. I mean, Gary McDonald won the cycle cross series this year. Exactly. He's a trial rider. Yep. Number of top riders are now using trial bikes as their coach, as a training aid. Um, so there's more and more people are recognising the benefits that come from yeah. tuning your brain in to be totally at one with the bike. Yeah, now I've seen Gary in action and he's right. one of two riders, I think, of, out of all the racers who is able to ride up the steps yes. at Calendar Park yes. and uh, those type of obstacles. Yeah. So, um, 
yeah, there's yeah. no doubt that it can, those skills can be transferred. So, yeah, David, thanks very much for chatting. Pleasure. And, uh, yeah, really interesting. Cool. Nice one. So thanks to David Johnston from the Clydesdale Colts for chatting to me and do check out their website at www.clydesdalecolts.com for more information about what they do. Um, So yeah, on to the next section of this show where I'd like to talk about uh, sponsorship uh, off the back of uh, me attending the Motherwell uh, Tour Series uh, in some capacity as a sponsor myself. but I won't go into too much detail about that and the conversations that I had on the day because I think those were uh, in private. But I think in a general sense, I'd like to just chat about you know, how to maybe get big event sponsorship or how to get the most out of a sponsorship that you might be uh, doing yourself. Um, you know, Or whether you could think about uh, these things in terms of the, the sponsor's point of view and how that might help you to uh, understand their mindset. Uh, so first of all, you know, getting bigger event sponsorship, I think really, um, you know, it's a, it's a classic sort of sales technique situation. It is about relationships. Um, you have to take the time to get to know the people um, who are, uh, who hold the purse strings to that, um, get to know them, earn their trust. And really, what, what, when it comes down to it, there has to be someone in a position of influence um, at the organisation who, who are holding the event or hosting the event who, who rides a bike or is sympathetic to cycling in some way. Um, you know, working with councils, I think, is a big one. Um, I've spoken about that in the past uh, in episode four with uh, Nori Petrie from Stirling Bike Club, who, who organises the Crit Under the Castle event. Uh, who has a great relationship with Sterling Council, and he, sh- in those uh, episodes, he shared uh, how how he managed to do it. Um, you know, councils can help you close the roads; they can give you space for your event, or they can help you put in t- put you in touch with the police who are going to help to, uh, you know, keep keep your event safe. Um, you know, they might not be able to provide you funding, but if they are in on board, their support can certainly lend authority to your event and they can maybe put you in touch with local businesses who might be interested or they can help to uh, spread the word about your event. Um, but it's also worth thinking about who the council, uh, you know, customers, if you like, are, who their audience is, you know, members of the public. Uh, these are the people that a local authority serve and they, they should have their interests at heart. Um, and it's in a council's remit to encourage active lifestyles. You know, they all provide uh, sports facilities and services to us. Uh, and part of that is encouraging healthy living. Um, and uh, in my chat with Katie Archibald in the last show, it made me realise that um, you know she is a lottery-funded athlete. And it's actually part of her job to um, encourage that from a UK sport perspective um, to uh, inspire people on the ground, you know, ordinary people, not necessarily athletes, to lead healthy lifestyles. And that's the same thing with councils uh, as well. So I think cyclists, cycling enthusiasts and cycling clubs are in a good position to provide that in some shape or form. Um, So you might want to seek out your local uh, sports, uh, local authority sports authority or sports body. Um, You know, uh, the North Lanarkshire one at Motherwell is called... uh, NL Active and Sterling here it's called Active Sterling um, you know try to uh, work with them uh, they will also often have a, a sort of a working group with all the local clubs 
um, there's a lot to be learned um, from uh, working with these these peers if you like um, other tip I think that might be overlooked is working with schools so uh, many sponsors that you might want to attract will have corporate social responsibility programs or community benefits targets and uh, you know delivering uh, education or inspiration to young people often falls within that so if you can help them to uh, to provide that they may, may well be more keen to get on board with you and to sponsor you uh, to provide some funding um, so you're looking at in that case you're looking at what you can provide for them as well as what they would like to give to you so that could be a bit of a two-way relationship you know, perhaps you could deliver cycling skills sessions in an area where the sponsor has an interest um, or could you you know we're as cyclists we tend to watch our weight eat healthy nutrition is a big part of uh, cycling the the sport side of it can you deliver healthy eating messages to young people or children um, or could you deliver some sort of inspiration about how sport can encourage hard work dedication or just enjoying life um, Katie Archibald again mentioned her um, uh, what, that's what she was doing really in her in her talk to primary school kids in Motherwell um, another one I think that is a, a growing area um, at the moment is um, inspiration of young girls and women in sport um, you know another person who springs to mind is former elite mountain biker Lee Craigie who has a great recent TEDx talk titled Riding Like a Girl. You'll find that on YouTube. Uh, it's a great watch. And also her Adventure Syndicate initiative has been set up to inspire more women and girls to challenge what they think they are capable of and get past traditional reasons why they might have been discouraged from taping, taking part in sport. Uh, you know, and it's not necessarily from an elite uh, performance point of view now. It's really just, you know, what can you do that you didn't think you could do and, and how can that sort of change your life and give you give you enjoyment in life um, leecraigie.com slash the dash adventure dash syndicate for more information on that um, so just thought I might move on to getting the most out of a sponsorship whether you are you know maybe in your work life um, you might have the opportunity to contribute to a cycling event or if you're an event organizer uh, you might want to think about these things from the potential sponsors point of view but um, yeah I was got various ideas along these lines um, after speaking to uh, sponsors who work for UK national companies uh, in Motherwell both of whom felt that cycling sponsorship is underpriced if you like that is to say for a five or six figure fee sounds like a lot of money but for that money you do get a lot more exposure than you would do with a similar investment in other sports and the Tour of Britain is one example where you're getting national TV coverage uh, hundreds of thousands if not millions of spectators on the ground and I think the corporate view on it is um, uh, that the value you get from that um, is pretty good um, you know, compared to something like football for example where it's you know, millions of pounds if not tens of millions that you have to invest um, to get any sort of uh, visibility so if you do have this sort of um, opportunity yeah, it's something worth thinking about uh, 
So I was involved in coordinating a sponsorship package at the Motherwell Tour Series and uh, yeah, I just thought I would share my experience of this and some other um, live event sponsorships um, that I've seen in action. Um, so one thing to think about is to look at the sponsorship package in detail. Um, there, there will be several elements to it um, and you need to be aware of all of these and make the effort to make use of them. Um, it's like uh, this is the case with a lot of marketing uh, spend, if you like. There are there tend to be multiple elements to it um, that you have to, you know, work work hard to uh, to make the most of. Um, so you know, in in Motherwell, I think several of the sponsors were were there in um, in terms of visibility. Uh, you know, the basics, banners, signage, and logos, but weren't really present in any other capacity on the ground. Uh, in my opinion, that's an opportunity missed. Um, so over and above the banners and signage and uh, backdrops, um, there's often things like exhibition space where you can meet people, tell your story or present your product and service. Um, so you do need to invest the t someone's time to prepare for that, turn up on the day, uh, you know, be ready. Um, then there's also VIP tickets. So the tour series is a, is a big event with a sort of a bar and hospitality area. And uh, going along to that um, is somewhere that you can, where you can really build relationships with people of influence. So things like, um, uh, you know, directors of a sports governing body or the, um, you know, the local authority or the other business people involved in, um, in the event who may, who may also be able to introduce you to, uh, you know, to other business people. Um, things like that, or even the teams and athletes where you might be able to get a bit of backstage access. Um, you could set up an interview or photo with an athlete or team and that can help your, your marketing and promotion event, um, marketing and promotion after the event. Um, yeah, so as I say, you need to invest more than just the sponsorship fee to get the most out of it, in my opinion. I think this applies to all um, event sponsorship, not just cycling. Um, so you do have to, to make an effort to build on that uh, basic investment and that goes a long way to sort of increasing the impact. Um, so, so for this you do need other marketing collateral, you know, I think uh, previewing it online uh, or on social media before the event and then using, you know, printed material or things to present or perhaps branded goods to hand out on the day. And also following up afterwards um, is important just to show what you got out of it. You can you can make that work for you for days if not weeks afterwards. Um, and it's always important to gather images or video or audio on the day um, that you can use, especially if your branding's visible. Um, that can that can certainly be made use of. Um, so leading on to my next point, um, you know, think about who your audience are. So if you are in the cycling industry, then great, you know, the spectators. There, the core fans who are there to watch it are your customers and they're your direct target market. But I think in a lot of cases, um, you know, uh, sponsors are in another industry, um, and in that case, you have to think a little bit more creatively. Um, so another role I was looking to get school children um, or the public in general interested in the construction industry, um, which is a you know a tricky tricky thing in a way. It wasn't really the time or place to be um, persuading people of that. Um, they're not really there for that they're not interested in it um, so 
to try to sort of build this up, I went along to the Katie Archibald launch event at one of the local primary schools, and that's where I got the interview in my previous podcast. Um, and off the back of that, I created a printed newsletter um, that took some elements of her inspirational talk to the children um, into a sort of a short interview. And then on the day, I was looking to chat to teachers from other schools whose pupils got to use the course in the morning. They got to ride round and do a... Uh, have a go on the closed roads. Um, So I chatted to these teachers and handed out the newsletter uh, which had our contact details on it so they could get in touch with us and subsequently were able to set up several classroom workshops um, about construction and uh, those are the sort of thing that fall into the um, sort of community benefits or corporate social responsibility targets um, that I mentioned uh, earlier. so that was kind of how I was able to, to engage with, with people in a, in, a slightly, uh, in a slightly different way um, on the day. I hope those thoughts are useful. If any of you out there are involved in sponsorship in any way, uh, feel free to get in touch with me on Twitter where I'm at ONP. And uh, there'll be a blog post for this episode, including some notes and links at bit.ly slash drumuppod18. Or you can just Google the drumup to find my website. Um, If you would like to get uh, notified of future episodes, please do subscribe to my email list, which is uh, bit.ly slash drumup email. Thanks very much for listening and look forward to speaking to you next time where I've got some more... uh, more audio from a, from a live event this time, Crit Under the Castle, where we're talking about a, a new closed road circuit that's being developed in Linlithgow, which is really interesting. That's another example of how to uh, how how the um, the people behind that circuit um, were able to to turn up at a, an event, and they've got a few different ways to promote that initiative um, to get the funding uh, to create that closed road course. Uh, which is going to be really exciting for Scotland, actually. So hope you can listen to that show. Thanks very much.